Greetings, Amigops and Top Teners everywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am your co-host, Kyle. Directly next to me today is your favorite co-host, Michael. Now, this week, not really like we do every week, we do have a Top 10 list, but it's very special because we are joined by two of our best friends. We are here for Movie Weekend 2020. Maybe you listened to this episode last year. Whatever the case, We've been here all weekend watching movies, and we're about to rank the top 10 ones that we watched. That is true, Kyle. And this week, unlike every week, we are going to just roll right through. And Kyle, you didn't screw up the opening. Really nice job. We just shook hands because it's lovely. We are in person. It's a first for everything. First for everything. We are joined by brother-in-law of the pod, Seamus. And of course, dear friend of the pod, Mike, who you remember from last year's episode. So, boys, I put the list together, but I think we all put this list together in our hearts. <laughs> this was a group effort. Uh, so, do either of you guys want to introduce yourself? Seamus, say a few words to the microphone in the middle of this table. How's everyone doing? My name's Seamus. I'm Michael's brother-in-law, and I just earned two new great friends this weekend. So, thank you oh. guys for inviting me here. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, my God. That was incredibly hurtful. Mike, that was really sweet. Shut up. It <laughs> 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 was really cool. Uh, Mike... Uh, unlike last year, did not prepare a list for us to do while we were together. Thank you, Mike. That was you're, really nice. You're of very you. welcome. <laughs> we were hoping for another MythBusters episode. <laughs> Unfortunately, we did not get that. It was nice to see you, though. <laughs> All right, shall we? Yeah. So I think the only thing I want to note for this year is new team record. Yeah. New team record this year. Um, not only did we watch one more movie than we watched last year, we saw two other people. Yeah. We ate dinner out at a place. I don't know. I'm just, I'm impressed. We stood up a couple times. I actually don't have hemorrhoids this year. So I'm, like, I'm pretty glad with how this weekend went. Overall, I feel pretty good. Like, weirdly usually, healthy. <laughs> usually by this time on Sunday, I'm like, not ready to go. and But like, kind of ready. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I kind of just want to go home and eat a salad and yeah. poop normally. And <laughs> um, all right, so let us roll into this thing. I think we're just going to go 13 to 1. We're not going to do... Yeah, not necessarily. Let's just, we're just roll. Well, because I think it's worth noting that we didn't watch any bad movies this year. Like, no, there was yeah. no Batman Ninja. <laughs> we watched all good movies. I guess you could rank them... In, in terms of well, but it's also important to note that we're ranking these not necessarily yeah. in terms of like the overall quality. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Context matters. <laughs> yeah. So please don't come. Don't add us with your uh, that movie sucked BS because this is about what gave us the most joy. Yeah. And I think we are all in agreement about which of those films gave us the most joy. I wouldn't say this is directly uh, inversely correlated to your Rotten Tomatoes score. There is a rough negative correlation <laughs> though. All right, so number 13 uh, was a film that we watched the first evening. It was the last film or second to last film of the night. Uh, Number 13 is Man with the Golden Gun. I forgot just how bad that movie is. (laughs) So we did sort of watch a bad movie. Man with the Golden Gun is a bad movie. Well, it hasn't aged super well. (laughs) (laughs) That was a theme of the weekend. We heard the C word a lot this weekend. There was a lot of homophobic slurs uh, in the movies we watched, especially homophobic. I'd say more so than anything. There was a lot of people with very uh, offensive accents, but the homophobia was strong with this weekend. Either, yeah, it was either homophobic or it was just like a very poor representation of 
Yeah. Homosexual individuals. Yeah. <laughs> it was tough. But Man with the Golden Gun for Knickknack probably wins the strangest and most offensive <laughs> award. Because that was really something. For those of you who have seen the show, uh, I think it's Paradise Island. He's the guy who shouts, Deplane, both, Deplane, every episode. So, Man with the Golden Gun. Not a great movie. Enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah. And good work from Christopher Lee. Yeah, really nice stuff. As always. As always. Uh, number 12, excellent movie, but I think sort of by default it has to be towards the end because Seamus did not watch this one. Mm. He has seen it in the past, and I fell asleep for the last 20 minutes, so we may update this list later, but number 12 was Rounders. Really good movie. Really, enjoyable. really enjoyable, but I think it's appropriate because we watched it, like we started it at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty hazy through most of it. But. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> we may need to... Uh, reinstate the watch a movie we've seen before mm. in that time slot because we've done mm. that we did that the first time and maybe even the second time I think it's a good That's smart it's a good move but the movie's really enjoyable and we were discussing how Ed Norton is the perfect scumbag like, he's really good at it I wish he were in more movies because he was a lot like uh, Steve Frizzelli from The Italian Job it was basically the same character I feel like, like almost exactly his movies <laughs> could be in the same universe yeah yeah, actually, I think they are. In fact, I think this was probably the inspiration for the Italian job, the remake. Right. Uh, all right, so Rounders was number 12. Number 11, kind of split opinions here, Seven Psychopaths. Mike, you loved Seven Psychopaths. I really liked it. It was just silly enough that it keeps you really interested laughing the whole time, but it's not super weird and artsy. Like, it's, it's it skirts that line yeah. perfectly, but... You can, uh, you can enjoy it without having to think too hard, but still kind of... You can get more out of it if you want. I was very pro. It felt to me like one of the bad Tarantino movies where we've seen a couple by this director. In Bruges was one of our favorites. And this felt like it was it had the same vibe as In Bruges, but wasn't quite as good. So I just, the mm-hmm. whole time I was like wishing it was just a little... It made a little bit more sense, but I had a blast. It was, I really, a little, it was sillier than In Bruges. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. I liked the whole cast. Sam Rockwell was great. I liked what you said, Seamus. Where <laughs> you're just like, that was so fucking confusing. I had no idea what was going on, but like, it didn't really matter. Like, yeah. I agree. Because that usually bothers me, like, yes. a lot. But in this case, it, it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fun ride, but I do agree. That did not make a lot of sense to me. No, and I think if you, like, thought, like, what was happening, it just made less sense. And so, like, <laughs> yeah, it just pulled back and. Yeah, yeah. That was what I did. I that was my at some point I was like, I'm not gonna get this. That's fine. I'm just gonna kind of enjoy each individual scene as it is. I think that's kind of how it's meant to be enjoyed. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, So number ten is probably ranked too low, at least for me, because I really enjoyed this one. Number ten is How to Train Your Dragon. (laughs) Shouts to you, Allie. I don't think you listened to the podcast, but you tried to get me and the rest of our friends to watch this about ten years ago. I fell asleep. I did not fall asleep this time. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, shout out to Ketty also, because Ketty was really mad at us for not having watched this before. She was kind of upset. I was glad that this didn't suck like uh, Tangled. This was actually a really good uh, animated movie. We're just having fun here. (laughs) Sharers, have you seen Tangled? I have not, no. Okay. Seamus grew up in a definite boy house, so there's a lot, like, he has not, actually still has not seen Princess Diaries. (laughs) He watched about 10 minutes of it last weekend, and then just... Floated away. (laughs) He just disappeared into another room and was never to be seen again. Yeah, that was tough. 
But this was great. I, I thought the message was really nice. I really enjoyed the interchangeable arms. Uh, on, <laughs> the armors was enjoyable. Um, the whole movie was great. The art design was really cool. I loved all the different types of dragons. I just, big fan. I really liked it. Yeah. Also, and one of the MVPs of the weekend. Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. Yeah, we'll get to him later. <laughs> um, all right, so that was number 10. Number 9, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was exactly the way I wanted to start my day yesterday. Yeah. Perfect. Um, the most nudity of any of the movies we watched. And not uh-huh. that much nudity. But well, we did see... Definitely saw a vagina. You saw your dream girl, Michelle Monaghan's boobs, for quite a while. So this was a little uncomfortable to watch with Kyle because he was liking it so much. Did you guys like it at all? or I enjoyed it. Yeah. Not as much as Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. It's pretty high bar to set. Yeah. I don't know. Kyle really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> he liked, it was weird he liked it so much because he took off to the bathroom for like several times. For like three minutes. Yeah, I don't know what was going on under that blanket. Maybe yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, no, the movie was actually really good. Highly recommended. And I will say it was funny because this was one of the movies that had a lot of direct, weirdly homophobic jokes. But I thought that the character Val Kilmer, who was gay, was not insensitive. Like, it was interesting because I thought... This one was more reflecting the times that people were just pretty openly homophobic, but the character himself was actually pretty well written and wasn't ridiculous. So it was, it was interesting to see sort of the evolution of these movies where you're like, gay people are funny and should be made fun of. <laughs> gay people are not funny, but are still made fun of. <laughs> gay people are either in this movie or not, and it doesn't matter. We sort of saw the full evolution of that through our weekend. There aren't that many like this, where it's just like... <laughs> yeah. Like they're made fun of, but it's okay. Yeah, but I thought this was an intro. Two thousand five or whatever this was. It was an interesting time. I, I like this is a Robert Downey Jr. picture. For yeah. those of you who don't know, comeback it. too. This was like early in the comeback. Yeah, so he's great, but like I would say that the lasting takeaway from that movie is Val Kilmer. Like he was really good. I wish there were more of him. Yeah, he was the star of last year's movie weekend, Tombstone. Oh yeah, yeah. That was one of the real highlights, and he as Doc Holliday is just. Mm. Chef's kiss. So he was he was great in this too. Should we watch Batman Forever next year? Maybe I don't hate it. Maybe <laughs> that could be our late night. Actually, that should be it. That should every year you watch a Batman it. movie after midnight. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think that's the move. I would say this one. I don't know. Would you recommend this movie to just anybody? I feel like no. Yeah, no. <laughs> the aforementioned vagina would yeah. preclude a lot of people. <laughs> my list. I would say so far, like everything we've talked about is pretty. Anyone could go back yeah. and watch it. I would say make sure you read the back of the box before checking this one out. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good, though. I really like that. Also, I just want to note, I don't know who said it, but the thing about the Christmas, is it just <laughs> yeah. you, Kyle? Yeah. Was, the movie was set at Christmas, but did not do anything Christmas-related. It just was sort of nonsensically Christmas. Well, I was, it was like... In the middle of the afternoon, and I, I was doing something else, like showering, and this movie, I guess, just made an impression on me because it was lingering. And I was like, "Why was that movie set at Christmas time?" <laughs> yeah, didn't have anything to do. With they anything. used it for one scene where they had that weird artsy Christmas party where people in Santa suits were naked and like, pumping the glass. But even then, you could have just had people in like weird animal costumes or something. Like, yeah. It didn't have to be Santa stuff. That's a good point. I don't know. Good movie. Though. I like the choice. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, number eight was The Gentleman, which was a film that we actually left the house to see. Yeah. So I was happy about that. What? How did you feel about it, Seamus? I fell asleep. You were awake the whole time. <laughs> Phenomenal film. Yeah. It was really good. Um, favorite part? 
the paperweight. When he touched his forehead, paperweight. <laughs> you see the movie, there's, there's no question what we're talking about. Did you guys awake for the paperweight? I think I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you guys were laughing on your faces. I don't want to, it would be a bit, it would be a little spoilery, I think, to talk about the scene in particular. But yeah. it's a uh, dual purpose paperweight. Okay. Fair Ooh. enough. I, I will say, very, wait. Yes. I remember Cindy saying anything could be a paperweight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, it was a little hazy, but I'm remembering this. Um, great performances across the board. If you like Downton Abbey, Michelle Dockery. If you like Sons of Anarchy or any of several of the other movies we saw this weekend, Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. If you like Jude Law, or not Jude Law, Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant. No Jude Law, unfortunately. McConaughey. McConaughey. This movie was like, it was like Pineapple Express mixed with Breaking Bad mixed with Snatch or any yeah. other Guy Ritchie <laughs> movie. <laughs> it was a lot. Like, it was a really a lot, and it was hard to keep track of, but... If you can stay focused on it, yeah. it's worth it. Best <laughs> outfits of the weekend. I, w- I could see oh. Seamus dressing like a lot of the people in that movie. Love the jumpsuits. The jumpsuits I think great. that was one of your big suggestions for next year. Yeah, right? oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd actually be really comfortable. I don't know if there's a butt flap, though. I'd be pro those jumpsuits, <laughs> but only if there's a butt flap. Because it was a little chilly this year. It was nice. I was glad we weren't too hot, because sometimes you get a little groggy. Yeah. But if we do the same thing, we get a little bit chillier, I think the jumpsuits will be nice. Yeah. All right, number seven. One of the really, not just fun, but also very high-quality movies of the weekend, Lost City of Z. This feels low. This is, might have been my... This the, for me, personally, this was a top two or three. It was great. Yeah, I think it was one of the highest-quality movies we watched. I think there were a couple that I enjoyed more as an experience. But I think I could be talked into putting this higher, because this was probably my second or third favorite movie of the weekend. Like, I thought this was one of the best. This was, it was just, it, it never became Indiana Jones, and it would have been okay if it had, but I was kind of impressed that the movie just kept showing you what I assume was closer to the real story and didn't dramatize it, um, and Charlie Hunnam was fantastic. He's really good. Like, he's I, a really terrific actor. I think I had fallen into this trap, because prior to this weekend, now that I've seen most of his work, I, like, <laughs> like, I'd, I'd like only seen him in Triple Frontier, and yeah. I knew that he was in like that King Arthur movie, and yeah. like this, Sons of Anarchy. Robin Hood. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this guy is a really good looking dude who's pretty buff, Yeah, and that's I think that's kind of going to be his thing. That's not the case. Like, he's no, really no. good. Yeah, he's As you pointed out, he's really good at quietly burning people, too. Every movie, he's got a scene where he just, like, very quietly and calmly just, like, burns someone's fucking fingerprints off. Yeah. Like, he's so good. I will say, though, uh, to go back to the gentleman for a second, he looked a lot like a monkey. I thought with mm. the beard, he looked like Andros from uh, Star <laughs> Fox 64. He had, like, the length of his sideburns was exactly the length of his hair, and it just made, like, a circle around his head. And I thought he looked an awful lot like a monkey. If he didn't have glasses, he would have looked like a garden gnome. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But he is a sexy dude. He yeah. made it work anyway, but it was a little bit Simeon for my taste. Um, all right. So that was number seven. Number six, one of the most enjoyable films of the weekend. This year's Italian job, Den of Thieves. The unquestioned star of this was Gerard Butler's California accent. <laughs> I'm clear. I don't know what that was supposed to be. It was not the accent of anybody who's ever been born in the United States. I'll say that for sure. Uh, Mike, you want to break down the plot of this film, uh, such as it was? <laughs> There's um, some kind of heist going on. Yeah. Lots of shooting. Yep. Lots of shootouts. 
They explained the Federal Reserve for like 10 minutes. I think they really assumed that we didn't know there was money in there, which was really all they had to say, I feel like. Do people really know that the Federal Reserve like shreds money and gets rid of it? I certainly didn't. Yeah, I didn't know either. So So that's kind of a nice little... That's true. But Plus, you ha- it's like li- it's required by law in any heist movie that you have to show like a montage scene of all the security mm-hmm. things. In there. Yes. So, and they did a good job with it in this movie. Yeah, I would say my only complaint about this movie was I didn't find the crew that enjoyable. I thought that the plot of the movie was actually quite enjoyable. I thought the action, especially the shootout in traffic, was awesome. But I only really liked Gerard Butler and the one main guy. Merriman? Yeah. I liked those guys. I didn't like 50 Cent? I thought 50 Cent was great. I thought 50 Cent was good. I could have used more. I just didn't think they had... I think I could have used one more scene for each of the crew members where like they do something so I remember them. Because if I compare this to the Italian job, I'm never forgetting Handsome Rob. Left ear, the real Napster. Like those guys are going to stick with me forever. I don't even remember the Merriman you said. But like... I thought that they needed some more, a little more fleshing out. Well, I think like 50 Cent only said like 20 words. <laughs> yeah. And then Cheddar Bob, I don't even know his name. You know <laughs> yeah. uh, he, uh, he said like two and he grunted once. It was like two and a grunt. It was yeah. like, yeah, he's Femoral gone. artery. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was <so> <laughs> um, so I could have used more from them because they were good. I actually think all those guys did a pretty nice job. Like I thought... Um, Ice Cube's kid was good. I just, I, he didn't, I didn't understand him at all as a character until the end. I thought that the, 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 the bank robbers were pretty well fleshed out. I wish that we had known more about the cop gang. Cause really it was yeah. just Gerard Butler and then like he had a couple cop buddies. That, yeah. Lackeys. Yeah. They didn't really do anything. Yeah. But also that movie's like over two hours long. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was not a short movie. Yeah. What did you think about the ending, ending though? Like him going to London? I thought that was so dumb. Like, <laughs> you, mean, you can't wait for Den of <laughs> I really hope there's a sequel. See, this is one of those times that I'm hoping for financial problems for the actors. Like, I'm, I'm really hoping that Nick Cage gets his tax bill checked out again so we do The Rock 2. And I hope that Gerard Butler kind of spends his residuals from 300 so we get Den of I think Gerard is clearly close to that point because he has done three blank has fallen movies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not that long before what if they do london has fallen to the dead of thieves that would be great if they did sort of a crossover thing where gerard butler meets gerard butler <laughs> secret service gerard butler yeah, meets it's me like Cop, 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 butler. Gerard I hope that happens. <laughs> All right, number five. Uh, one of several films this weekend that starred somebody missing an arm, leg, hand, <laughs> finger, something. Number five was the comedy classic Kingpin. I think, Seamus, this might have been your favorite. I thought it was great. It was just like a good old comedy. I yeah. belly laughed the whole time. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't stop going, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's watched the movie knows what we're talking about. <laughs> You just hit something loose. <laughs> oh. So Kingpin, I you, this was on our list, and I saw it and assumed like, oh, that's probably a, like a drug, like movie. a drug crime kind probably of, probably a mafia movie. Yeah. Which we have a lot on the list, so yeah. like, well, maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we won't. It's not that. No, it's <laughs> although it does sort of rather violently. Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah that was all returned. Yeah, yeah. So 
Woody Harrelson is a, like a really, really talented young bowler. He wins the Iowa State Iowa. tournament. 79, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But then he and Bill Murray go to shake down a bowling alley and <laughs> get some spending money. And the people there do not like that. And they put his fucking bowling hand in the ball return. <laughs> and it, I, to be clear. And that's the end of his arm. Yeah. <laughs> they chew it right up. <laughs> Bill Murray was a shit in this movie. He was fantastic. He was really good. and uh, But that's, like, yeah. that would be more than enough. Yeah. But that's not even, like, half of the, like, back of the cover description. No. Because then, 20 years later, he has to coach someone else to be a bowling champion like he was. And it's Randy Quaid as an Amish guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't understand that they only play 15, or only play 10 frames. And so he tells him his average is a 250, 260, but it's on 15 frames. Because the Amish do everything we do, but yeah, times, times 50%, 1 and a half. 50% more. Uh, so this movie was great. This was just hysterical. It's a Farrelly Brothers movie, so it's ridiculous and enjoyable. Uh, I cannot believe it was not rated R. I think that was yeah. the consensus yeah. as a group that that was a shocking PG-13. And when did that come out? Like mid to late nineties, I think. Yeah, I feel like everything was rated R. If you yeah, you, so it was like in the in the seventies, eighties. There was a there was no PG thirteen, so there was a lot of stuff that was PG that was like Jaws. Yeah, for example. But then by the nineties, there was PG thirteen was definitely a thing. So this was weird. That this was not R. There's some pretty overt <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so yeah. proceed with caution. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so that was uh, Kingpin. So number four was the last movie we watched, Seventy One. So yeah. Seventy One is the story of a young British soldier who is on his first deployment and goes to Belfast uh, during the height of the troubles with the IRA in the seventies, and ends up getting stuck <laughs> behind enemy lines, and things do not go very well from there. Oh, for anybody really involved. No. Yeah, nobody really comes out of that <laughs> doing great. I will say that it was a little confusing because, yeah, one, they're a little hard to understand at times. There was mm-hmm. one, the kid. I literally didn't understand a word he said for about a minute and a half. The, that young kid. Yeah. Two, it's mostly dark outside. Yeah. And a lot of them wear the same jacket. So it's yes. <laughs> it's unclear, like, that guy's IRA. And like, oh, no, he's not. Wait, no, he is IRA. Crossing back and forth. Exactly. Which was and like, the sideburns. Everyone had yes. just pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> it was so I think I so I think it was intentional. It was a little oh, bit yeah. like Dunkirk, where they want all of the people to look like. I remember this was a big thing in Dunkirk. People were saying, Where were all the black soldiers? Where were all of the women soldiers? And it was like, well, that was kind of the point of the movie, was there was just these interchangeable young English boys. And I think that was the point of this, was they kept saying that the situation was confused. And while I don't think the, it's, you know, good to be confused in a movie, I think it was just a healthy dose of confusion to make you realize just how weird and effed up this time was. Well, my takeaway, I actually kind of enjoyed it because my yeah. take, my takeaway about halfway through the movie was like, all right, I need to start just being, assuming that everyone is trying to hurt everybody else. And that is kind of how Turned it Turned out worked. to be a good assumption. So and, and the, it actually just made me enjoy it a lot more. Because, yeah. <laughs> but enjoy is a loose term because it was very, very good, but it's extremely intense. Yeah, that was a very, very tense movie. That's that one scene where they're shot from the corner of the building and the soldier is leaned up against the wall and you see the guy around the corner is... That's a... Whew. Also, it's like... 
these chase scenes are happening in like apartment complexes and places that I could very easily imagine myself having to evade somebody. Yeah. It just feels like a very like down to earth kind of realistic scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, People aren't great shots or not great fighters. Like the, the, the main character is, he's not a coward, but he's not like Rambo. He's just a guy. He's just a guy who's in the military and he's just trying to get the hell out of there. Right. But I feel like you could be there too, like with the filming when they're running through the houses, through the alleys in the beginning. Oh, I yeah, felt yeah, like yeah. I was there. Like, yeah. I felt oh, like I was running. Totally. Like I almost got sick. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of had a uh, Uncut Gems vibe where it was like very close. Yeah. Um, that contributed to it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And I think the way it was filmed really contributed to how enjoyable it was. Like everything felt very gritty and real, especially when they were stitching up his stomach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mikey, Mike. Yep, got a little uh, queasy with that one. A little queasy. So, speaking of Brits and brutality. Yeah. <laughs> number three was yeah. a Seamus edition and really. I'll to made it to three. Like, <laughs> one of the most enjoyable films of the weekend. I will probably not watch this again, though I might suggest it to John because I think John would love this movie. Uh, number three was our second Charlie Hunnam of the weekend. Probably. Yeah, our second. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Green Street Hooligans. Seamus, would you like to explain Green Street Hooligans for us? I wish I had a British accent so I could do it. <laughs> You're welcome to give it a shot. I'm not going to try. But um, yeah, it was uh, about an uh, English football club, uh, Street Gang, but the GSC. The GSC. Frodo Baggins GSC. gets what kicked is, out of. What does GSC stand for? I think it was Green Street Club. Yeah, I actually have no idea. They don't mention the, the C. Yeah. To be clear, the movie is not called Green Street Hooligans in the UK. I noticed this when oh. I was on Wikipedia. It's just called Green Street. Oh. Yeah. Really? So Frodo. Yeah, Frodo <laughs> becomes a badass. So so <laughs> let me just be clear. So it took probably, what, half the movie for him to kind of slide into this. Like, they tricked him into doing PCP, like, in, um, what you would call it, training day. And, then, like, he slowly devolved into the violence, or? It was actually... I think it was, what, seven minutes? Oh, see, that's right. Yeah. It was, he moves to England and immediately is bashing some fool's head and is in a gang, like, seven minutes into the movie. <laughs> it's probably shorter in movie time than it actually took him to do. Or, yeah. yeah shorter like, in real time yeah, than yeah. movie time. Yeah. He gets to the UK and says, hello, sis, how are you? And then is Charlie Hunnam like abducts him and takes him to a football match and they beat up a bunch of fools and that's they're just hoops. day one yeah day one yeah and then that's basically the movie I'd say but it actually has a nice anti-violence message in all seriousness even though the movie was crazy violent I actually thought that the message at the end that just violence leads to more violence leads to more violence and it's really not worth it was pretty good somewhat undercut by the ending <laughs> Because Violet actually does solve some problems at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it has to end like that either, though. Like, I think they probably could have cut off. I couldn't agree more. I don't think that should have been the end of that movie. Because it completely devalues the message of the previous 40 minutes where you're like, you know, your rep doesn't travel with you. You just got to go through life being happy and not beating people up. And then it's like, you can do it this one time. <laughs> I got a, uh, I got, I had a different takeaway. My takeaway was that he just hadn't learned that lesson, and that like he was oh. not gonna, was not escaping this cycle that he had been thrust into. Interesting. Okay. okay. See, yeah. I thought that this was just a means to an end, and he was gonna go back to normal. That he was buying his way out. So you think? So you <laughs> I think, don't think he that's goes, how this story? Ends. You think he goes back to Cambridge and just beats some fools up? Like he joins Ben Affleck's gang. I think he has trouble re- hunting. I think he has trouble readjusting. Okay. I think. 
When you <laughs> Torman's <laughs> jawbone off, it's hard to come back. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> I love movies like that though, where like a a, a quiet, unassuming person has to find out like how far they will go. Yeah, and <laughs> except that this wasn't really one of those movies because he's not. It doesn't feel like he goes through any struggles. He, right away, he's like, "This is great." Yeah, I really like her. He really yeah. quickly <laughs> quite enjoyed it. it. Yeah, <laughs> I will say though, I did actually think that there were some good points about like. Just the way violence works. Like when he says, like, once you get punched in the face and realize you're not made of glass, that yeah. kind of changes your way of thinking. It's kind of a good point because that happens when you're talking about literal violence or other stuff. Like in life, you get whacked and you're like, oh, I'm actually, I'm still, I'm still rolling. And that changes the way you think about things. So I thought there were, the movie as crazy as it was, I actually thought it had kind of a bit of a brain. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. Alright, so that was Green Street Hooligans. Number two was what I think may have been the consensus highest quality movie of the weekend. Number two, Michael Clayton. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, you want to explain Michael Clayton for the, the kind viewers, listeners, whatever they're called? Michael Clayton is a... He's not really... Well, he is an attorney. Yeah. But he's not like a, uh, a procedural lawyer. He's yeah. more of a fixer for a very... Yeah. A prominent law firm. Yeah. Cool. Air- Fixer. Famous been there for 17 fixers. years and is still not a partner. Yeah. Thank you, Tilda. <laughs> um, but he's a fixer and they have one really big client who they've been defending in a civil suit <laughs> and the lead prosecutor starts to kind of freak out would be a good... A freak good out would be a good term. He's, he starts having some qualms. Yes. And so then it... Quibbles. Yeah. So... Anyways, things are blowing up, and Michael, things are figuratively blowing up. Yes. And Michael needs to kind of get in and, and fix it. So it's it's kind of a law procedural, but yeah. it, not really. It's like, a lot like it's a lot like the 90s legal thrillers, like the Pelican Brief with the firm that became really famous, but it's much smarter and better done, I think, than those movies. And it's just, it's a lot like Up in the Air, actually, which is funny, because it's like a year or two before George Clooney was in that movie. It's just like a more vicious reckoning with what you do uh it's basically a guy who spent his whole life doing a certain thing and then kind of realizes that what he does is meaningless and has to figure out how to deal with that it's, <laughs> it's very upsetting <laughs> but it's it was fantastic absolutely he, fantastic he's great tilda swinton's great yeah she's really great in that movie she's really good so is tom wilkinson carmine falcone yeah great movie highly recommend that one so michael would you mind telling the listeners Number one, the most enjoyable, highest quality, 100% Rotten Tomatoes film of the weekend. Mike? I believe the answer to that question is The Rock. You damn right. Welcome to The Rock. Welcome to The Rock. Welcome to The Rock. Mike, tell us about The Rock. All right, so it's it's classic uh, Nick Cage. You damn right. All these excellent movies. Yeah. Um, There's a a decorated war veteran. Ah. Highly decorated. Highly decorated. Like he walks around clink, 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 clink. He has some issues with how um, some of our veterans have been treated after. um... Reasonable points. He makes good points. He doesn't deal with it all that well, but he makes good points. Also, he like he just asks for money. Like he doesn't ask for any kind of systematic like yes changes. He only asks for money. It's the classic villain has kind of a good point, but really goes about proving their point the wrong way situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he might have been a little bit misunderstood. That's tr- tor- Mike- Towards the end, he didn't actually want to kill anybody. Yeah, true. All right, so explain, so explain what he was doing to try to get 
some sort of reparations for these soldiers. So he stole some um, very powerful chemical weapons. And WX-8. Was yeah, or the green balls. The green balls. <laughs> and uh, threatened to unleash it on the entirety of San Francisco. Yes. How many people could each uh, missile kill? It's like 70,000 people 70. or something. No, I thought, thousand. It was a thousand. I thought it was a teaspoon. A teaspoon of it would kill. Like a square. Okay, that's no, was, yeah. teaspoon would take out a square, would take out eight square blocks? I think it was something eight like blocks. That. So, Nicolas Cage puts a whole ball in <laughs> <laughs> breaks, and he walks away, like Scott Free. Well, he, he injected the thing into his midst. Oh my goodness. In his heart. Oh. Um, I think, but what I find interesting about your issue there is that the most preposterous part of that is that a villain would open his mouth so wide that this gigantic ball could fit in there and he would just go, ah, and then just open his mouth. So to finish the plot, he's threatening the city. So of course, Nicolas Cage, who's just an office drone. Importantly, he's based on Alcatraz. Like they've taken over Alcatraz. Yeah, sorry. They've taken over Alcatraz and uh, Nicolas Cage is an expert in chemical weapons, um, but he's an office drone and he just found out that his Catholic girlfriend is pregnant. (laughs) Very important that she's Catholic. um, And they recruit... They recruit John Connery, who not only knows who killed JFK, but has all of the most relevant files on attacks on the south of China during the Vietnam the Vietnam War. He had some other the stuff. Alien like oh, yes, there are aliens in this movie. They don't appear, but they're there. They're confirmed to exist. Um, and so Nick Cage and Sean Connery basically team up to take down the Rock. Rock. Yeah, and. Um, that's the film. It's Michael Bay. As yeah. you can expect, there are a lot of explosions. Doesn't Particularly of things that shouldn't be exploding. <laughs> and then an air conditioning unit fell on that guy's grenade and it didn't blow up. <laughs> I see. Yes. Yeah. yes. The most, I, I think we're all in agreement, the, the two most disappointing things about this movie are one, that that grenade did not explode, and two, that Sean Connery did not clarify that he was Scottish. Uh, the climax of the film. Totally nonsensical. Very strange. Um, movie was really just, I thought, crisply written, really convincingly acted. I mean, I thought Nick Cage was stunning. Really, I'm surprised he wasn't nominated for an Oscar. I don't Oscar. know why in the name of Zeus's butthole. <laughs> 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 I think James might have left the room when he said that Zeus's butthole thing. Oh, you didn't catch that? Yeah. yeah. That, oh, yeah, yeah. Nick Cage was like, how in the name of Zeus's butthole do you open the door? <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> He's so bad. Uh, well, as you can tell, we had a great time with that. Um, and, you know, just a great weekend. I, I couldn't have enjoyed the movies more. I couldn't have enjoyed the company more. We're glad Seamus joined us. And I think we will definitely be back with this episode next year. Yeah. This is, and to be clear, this is the 2019 slash 2020. We sort of do a, a sports season. It's whenever it fits in. So we'll probably do the next one either 2020 or 2021. Yeah, me, Mike, and Mike will be back. I assume Seamus will never want to see us again. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to re-rank. I will say, if... if yeah, maybe give a, give a preview on some quality. Well, I would say if you're taking recommendations away from this, the, mo- the movies you should probably actually watch yes. are Michael Clayton. Yeah. Lost City of Z. Yeah. Kingpin. And Kingpin. 71. Without Your Kids. 71. <laughs> And then, uh, I don't know if I would necessarily pay to see it in 
theaters unless you had like a boys oriented movie weekend but yeah. i really like the gentleman yeah i think it's worth seeing i'm probably gonna pay to see it again so i can um see it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excited to do that uh so okay do we have anything uh we want to mention before we get out of here do you want to recap it all yeah let me recap let me get my phone could you list. just go do 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 while i find it do, 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 thank do, you do. okay so number 13 man with the golden gun number 12 Rounders. Number 11, Seven Fucking Psychopaths. Number 10, How to Train Your Dragon. One. Number nine, Kiss Kiss, Bang Bang, Boner Boner for Kyle. Number eight, <laughs> The Gentleman. Number seven, The Lost and maybe still lost, City of Z. Number six, Den of Thieves. No, we didn't see the Oh, sorry, we you're right. One. We saw the first one. Den of Thieves. <laughs> The Den of Thieves! <laughs> Number five, Kingpin. Number four, 71. Number three, Green Street Hooligans. Number two, Michael Clayton. And number one, the best movie we watched all weekend. <laughs> the Rock. Welcome to The Rock. Welcome to The Rock. All right. Now I will say, Michael, before we go, big thanks to our... Uh, our sound guy. We do not know Kevin. We do not know Kevin. But thanks to Kevin for providing us with our intro and well, even though we didn't use it, our not top three yeah. music. He, he had it there for us. We just decided not to use it this week. Sorry, Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. And then obviously Erin puts together our, our work. It's fantastic stuff. And uh, if you want to see more of her things, you can do so at Sand Design on Instagram. And speaking of Instagram, we have some terrific uh, social media. I think I'm going to stop mentioning our Facebook and Twitter because there's really nothing going on there. We are Instagram-centric as a team. The Instagram's great. It's a good Instagram. Uh, thanks to Caroline, who both takes care of our Instagram and has her own self on Instagram at CML something or other. I probably should mention that because I do not uh, have this business registered with my company. Since I could be theoretically directing revenues toward Caroline, I probably should mention it's at work. So don't go to Caroline's stuff for actual purchases. Just enjoy her work on CML Center <laughs> on Instagram. So if you want to check that out, our stuff, or you want to send us an email, tell us that all of those movies sucked, or you want to come to Movie Weekend next year and would like to submit a resume, that's top10km at gmail.com. The 10 is spelled out T E N. Assume you're listening to this on some sort of podcast listening app, but if you need another one, we are on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, the Apple Podcast app is that one that I usually mention. Usually. Yeah. Or really anywhere podcasts can be found. So, that's about all I got to say, dog. That's all there is. Thanks for uh, getting on a plane and flying to Chicago <laughs> to watch movies with me for three days. 13 movies. Seamus, Michael, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Adios. Fuck you!